Should Robert Williams start or come off the bench? It's something I've been wondering about, and I'm going to talk it through with Chris Forsberg on a Wednesday Locked On Celtics. Millies, let's go. Crowd goes crazy, most in-depth coverage on the daily, mainly podcast royalty, the content kings. When you talking about the franchise with 17 rings, focus like Danny at the deadline. Global with it, got a local feel like the red line, the blue line, the green line. Play it in between time. I'ma throw my C's jersey on in the meantime and press play. When the F's done, I can't wait until the next day. Trying to stay in tune with the C's, that's the best way. Melly. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics Podcast. Thank you for making this show part of your daily routine, whatever it is that you're doing right now. I appreciate you taking me and this show along with you. Hopefully, I'm brightening your day up just a tiny bit. I'm John Corrales. I cover the Boston Celtics for Boston Sports Journal. You can use the promo Corrales at Boston Sports Journal to save $5 off an annual subscription. That works out to be less than $3 a month. I'm also the author of the Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars, something that you can buy at any online bookseller. I'm doing a book signing April 29th. Look out out on my uh, social networks, my social channels, for more information on that. Today's show is brought to you by Michelob Ultra at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in the episode. Today, I'm answering the question I brought up yesterday in the podcast, a thought that popped into my head after the game against the New Orleans Pelicans, and that is, should Robert Williams be starting or coming off the bench? And it's not a matter of, is he good enough to start or is somebody better as a starter? No. The question is, is Robert Williams maximized as a starter, or as a reserve. He's certainly earned the right to start. He's certainly proven. And now, obviously, without Tristan Thompson there, there's there's Mo Wagner's not going to start over him. Luke Cornett's not going to start over him right now. So, obviously, Rob's the starter right now. But the question is, when they're whole, what's the best use of Robert Williams? So, I turn to the utmost Robert Williams aficionado, Chris Forsberg of NBC Sports Boston to get into this question. Which is the best use of Robert Williams? Okay, Chris Forsberg, I brought you on here because you are you are the Robert Williams guy. You're <laughs> that's that's your lot in life right now. Whenever Robert Williams comes up, it's oh, I gotta get Forsberg on this. So <laughs> now I wrote a piece uh after the loss of the Pelicans entitled. It, it are we blas- sh- Hold on. It, it's a blasphemous piece, but go ahead. No, no, no. no. Okay. <laughs> it's called, are we sure Robert Williams should be starting? And here is my premise that it, and I don't know which side of this I fall on. I, I, I have a, a lean, but I'm Ooh. not, com- I'm not convinced. So this, I think this will be a good debate. Robert Williams as a starter is a pick-setting, facilitating, ball-moving, good-passing big that that is geared towards finding the stars on this team, freeing them up, getting them shots, right? So that's he does a, he does a good job starting. 
but who he is as a starter is presenting itself to be much different as who he is as a bench player, which is a a real hard rim rolling, catching lobs, putting pressure on the defense, scoring Robert Williams. So my question to you, Chris, is which of these two types of Robert Williams is more impactful to the Celtics? Well, so like we know which one is more fun, the rim rolling, dunk throwing, you know, that, that, that goes without saying. I hate to make this an anticlimactic uh, argument, but I'm with you. I've actually said I, I don't think he should be started. You know, I know that first start went really well in Milwaukee, and we all sat there and said, oh, my God, he almost put up a five-by-five, five, and he was super impactful that night. But in Oklahoma City, I mean, Moses Brown, that didn't go great. And right. I think I think it's fair to say – the best use of Robert Williams right now, at least until he's used to high volume minutes, is you know coming off the bench. And look, if you're going to hitch your wagon to Tristan Thompson, you've got to at least see what he can do with that starting group as a solo big and and figure out if that works. And like, look, there's still a little bit of data collect. They just haven't been healthy enough to answer this argument definitively, one way or another. And so I'm left sitting here saying, I want as much Robert Williams as possible. And if that means he has to start in order to hit those benchmarks and get to 30 minutes, then okay. You know, maybe he needs to start. But I think the split is going to be very equal once Tristan Thompson is back. You know, I, I, I just think there it's going to be 24 and 24 probably. And so as long as he's closing and aiding those lineups, I, I don't care if he starts. He just has to play big minutes. And so... um for me, it's not about when he starts or when he plays. It's just as long as he gets to that number of, of somewhere near that 24 and higher minutes. Yeah, see, I, I see I see Robert Williams as a 25 to 28-minute-a-game guy right now. Hopefully, the, the hip issues that he's been dealing with and that the Celtics are very clearly worried about, uh, hopefully those are managed. And maybe mm-hmm. it's an off-season you know, a, a, now that they have a somewhat normal offseason, it's still going to be about a month shorter, but it, a somewhat normal offseason where he can work on the, you know, hip strengthening, work on certain things, work on movements, work on maybe like, like New Orleans did with Zion, work on changing how you run a little bit so it takes the pressure off of those hips. All of that stuff moves forward. Right now for the next month or two or three or however much the Celtics have, I need to see the best use of Robert Williams. And mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to say that it's not as a starter because he does move the ball. He, his play against New Orleans, Chris, where the high pick and roll, where Jason Tatum found him, he, he put himself in a great yeah. spot to be seen by Jason Tatum so Tatum could make that pass. That hard dribble and whip around to Kemba in the right corner was mm-hmm. an elite play from a center. That's something that if he does stuff like that all the time, then we're talking about a very high-level Robert Williams. But right. at the same time, is it possible that Tristan or hell, I don't know, is Mo Wagner capable of doing something to – 
what sixty percent of that? Whoa, you're gonna you, you, you're leaving out the legend Luke Cornett. Luke Cornett, <laughs> yeah, sure. But we know that none of those guys can do what Robert Williams can do rolling to the rim. Like no one can come close to matching that. Mm-hmm. But can someone come close enough to matching what he's been doing as a starter? Sixty percent of it, seventy percent of it, where it makes sense. Where okay, you get some replication of a pick setting ball moving big where Robert Williams off the bench. Cause no one rolls to the rim. Like he does. No one's as athletic as he is. Like now you bring him off the bench. That's maximizing Robert Williams talent. And that, and that's why I'm leaning this way because, and yeah, obviously it's more fun, but you're getting more out of him in that role than you are as him, him moving the ball. So I guess my my question, without you know, quickly trying to Google the the answer, is <laughs> how how do the Jays play when Tristan is out there in healthy lineups, single big lineups, and how different is that from what they're doing with Robert Williams out there? One of the like one of the dirty little secrets that I can never bring up because it would defeat all my arguments for playing more Rob Williams is that at least initially, and I haven't looked the last couple of games as, as he's morphed into this starting role was, um, you know, the plus minus with the net rating with, with Robert Williams on the floor lately hasn't been great. And it has been in, in like certain games, obviously that Milwaukee game was off the charts, like a plus 32 net rating or whatever. But just in general, even as he started to blossom in that 14 game stretch or whatever it is, since he's been in the starting lineup, I think he's still like pretty low in the, in the net rating. And so, you know, for me, it comes down to which lineups work best together. And, you know, if ultimately you determine that Jalen and Jason out of the gates of games are going to take so many shots and they're going to be the focal points of, of an offense, and especially when Kemba is healthy, that there's just not an opportunity to maximize Robert Williams, then I'm perfectly fine with him being an early sub. And you find pockets of the game for him to roll with that crew. And, you know, I know I can say this. And when I was first making the case for more Robert Williams minutes, he was decidedly better than Tyson Thompson in terms of getting the most out of the Jays. And if that's the, still the case, and again, I need to crunch those numbers. Um, then I, I then I, you need to find the most potential areas to get that trio on the court. But um, I don't think that, if the first six minutes of the game, you feel like Tristan, if you can get him going, especially they always love to run that first play for Tristan and let him get a little bit of confidence. And Perk says all the time, like they used to do that for him because they just saw a great benefit in it. And so that's, it, that's all the balance to me. As long as Robert Williams is your closing center, because I, I, I don't, I just think that's you're so much better on both ends of the court in that instance. Um, then I, I don't really get too worked up about the, the whole starter thing. I know we obsess about it and, you know, Brad's the first one to tell us it doesn't matter who starts, it's who finishes, it's who complements each other. You know, that's part of the thing. We're 47 games in now and we're still like trying to figure out who complements who. And, and, you know, now you're adding Evan Fournier, Fournier and, and, and trying to figure this out. And so, um, they just, they just, they just got to do that and they got to, unfortunately they got to do it quick. Coming right back with more from Chris Forsberg as we try to hammer out the starting versus bench roll and maybe the best lineup for the Boston Celtics as we move on and wrap up this season. But first, I've got to give you 
the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's really worth it to enjoy yourself a Michelob Ultra. So since enjoyment isn't the end game, it's the whole game. Every week I try to figure out which player on the Boston Celtics gives us the most joy and happiness. And after a wild week since we last spoke, I think it's pretty clear the one player who has given Boston Celtics fans the most joy and the most happiness, even after a tough loss, but uh, a good win against the Oklahoma City Thunder, that player is Luke Cornett, who hit two big three-pointers against the Oklahoma City Thunder and set Boston social media abuzz with all sorts of nicknames. Murder Cornet. Uh, what was the other one? The Green Cornet. Uh, a couple of others that I can't really mention, but were funny. Uh, Luke Cornet has been the new darling of Boston Celtics Twitter, especially. People love him. And even in the first, first half against the Pelicans, he comes in and hits for 10 points. He didn't play much in the second half, but uh, in, in the first half was like, man, here he goes again. Luke Cornett is the definition of the ultra player of the week. Joy, happiness, enjoyment. Are you happy because you win or do you win because you're happy? Luke Cornett in his short time here has already made Boston Celtics fans very, very happy. So grab yourself a Michelob Ultra, raise the bottle, raise the glass, and say thank you and congratulations to Luke Cornett, the Ultra Player of the Week. Back with more when we come back. Be sure to follow our social channels, LO Celtics on Twitter and Locked On Celtics on Instagram. Catch up on all the sports news that you need from around the sports world in less than 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski gets you updated on all the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. So follow Locked On Today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And now Chris Forsberg of NBC Sports Boston and I continue our discussion about Robert Williams as a starter or as a reserve. No, I, I gauge a lot of my conversations like that. The only place I can have conversations with people is, is really on Twitter, and, and that's not always the, the best place to get reactions. What? But there, there are still people. I, 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 you're, 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 you're crazy right now. Please. I know. I know. I know. Breaking news. Twitter is not the best place to have conversations. But um, but the, the point I'm, I, I, I'm trying to make by bringing this up is there are still plenty of people who out there who you know say starter equals better. And in this case, it really – is seemingly starting to show up like starter Rob versus bench Rob, just two completely different types of Robert Williams that now this is again, again, a very small sample size. It's only been three games. This could shake itself out. This might not even become a debate moving forward because they could figure things out and you go through a couple of film sessions and they say, no, we need to use Rob more as a roller 
to take advantage of him. Like you said, you just talked about running a few plays for Tristan Thompson. There's nothing to say that the Celtics can't come out and run a few lob plays for Robert Williams and get him going that way. And there you go. Everything's fixed. And this debate's moot. But unless they start doing that, uh, then then this debate has, I think, some some merit. And uh, I, I think that with a full training camp and all of that, you, you start to get into the different ways you want to use everybody and all of the different options. And that's why I think this is a, a debate that's unique to this season. Now, while you were talking, I did call up cleaning the glass to look at some lineup data. And nice. the only lineup with Tristan Thompson on the floor that involves Kemba Walker, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum is one that includes Shemi Ojale. Now, Thompson's missed basically all of the the post um, right. The po- post All Star and Marcus Smart missed all of February. So and and all of the other was all double bigs. So there's no real data with Marcus Smart on the floor. But Walker, Brown, Tatum, Ojale, Tristan Thompson in 59 possessions, which is not a ton, but is a plus eight and a half. So yeah. there's better than I would have thought. It's it's something, and I think any big on the floor with Kemba, Jalen, and Jason is generally going to have a, a positive outlook. I mean, those, because those guys are good and you're probably gonna have more positives and negatives when you're playing alongside those guys. But if there's any evidence that that lineup, that lineup can do some work. Now there's a lineup in there with Grant Williams. It's only played 19 minutes. It's like a minus 55 um, per 100 possessions. And there's one with Jeff Teague in there that doesn't matter, but that that's, that's about, it. Um, you can have Tristan Thompson on the floor with some other guys, but if we're looking for the starters, that's going to be that's going to be your best approximation. Um, and and maybe and now expand this. Maybe your your fourth starter isn't Marcus Smart. Maybe your best bet Ooh. is Kemba, Jalen, Jason, Fournier. Evan Fournier. Yeah, with Tristan Thompson. Four spacers, four shooters with a big to set picks and Marcus Smart plus Robert Williams coming off the bench because you've given up your backup point guard. And I, you just, as as great as Peyton Pritchard has been for a rookie, you still don't trust them. Marcus Smart coming off the bench with Robert Williams and they have a good chemistry. He loves to throw lobs to, to Robert Williams. That now, and now, not only that, but Smart and Rob are probably your closers too, and you can keep Kemba on the bench in the final two minutes if if he's being targeted on defense. Right. No, I think you know, like if 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 I just if you were if you said to me, Chris, draw up the lineups that you think the Celtics should use. I would that that's what I, how I would I would go in my mind. I also think like there's just some value to being able to get Tristan involved and feel like you can develop and gain continuity and chemistry. You know, they brought him in here to be a guy they could lean on when the playoffs come around and matter. And like as good as Rob has been, they also gave up what eighty something points in the paint in Memphis. Mm-hmm. And you know, like I just think you're going to need him based on the 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 bigs in the Eastern Conference. I don't know if he's going to necessarily be better and promote better defense than when when Rob Williams is out there. There is something to the to the the idea that like there were stretches where Giannis did not look himself because Rob was at, around the basket and, and causing, you know, guys to be deterred going there. But 
you know, that doesn't always happen. And so, you know, Rob is still a very much trying to find his consistency. So I, I just go back to it. I don't hate the idea of trying to figure out what you've got with Tristan and giving it, at least giving him a chance to play in that starter group and Rob having more of an impactful presence with those backup lineups. I, I will let you be the one who goes to Marcus Smart and tells him he's going back to the bench role. Um, <laughs> well, I know, well, I know Marcus Smart will do whatever is asked of him and believes that, you know, whatever is best for the team. I also think he views himself as a starter and has probably earned that right. But if Evan Fournier can be a bit better of a floor spacer with that group, I'm intrigued to know what it looks like. And so that, again, that's why this whole, you know, you you probably heard me say I'm a little leery when you bring in a guy like Evan here, like more so for the reasons that come after the season, but also because you have to sort of learn on the fly here where he fits in. And that's a good problem to have. Like more talent is needed if this team is going to do anything. But we've seen probably 45 games of Brad experimenting and now we're going to get 20 more. You know, like by the time the playoffs roll around, I hope they have this thing figured out, but they also might be the sixth seed in the Eastern Conference at that point. So uh, it's just all part of the puzzle they're trying to figure out, but they're trying to figure it out because they just haven't been good enough. Their stars haven't been good enough overall, and they haven't been healthy enough. And all the different confluence of 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 factors this season have left them still searching for an identity and the lineups and everything else. You know what this is? You, you, any any movie or TV show where there's a, a hacker involved and mm. he's frantically typing and says, I'm almost there. Like that's where the Celtics are this season. Brad Stevens is the hacker at the computer going, Nope, I haven't figured it out. Still going, still going. I'm almost there. I'm almost there. Can he, can he figure is, out is he, the code? Hold on, hold on. Is, is, is he going to figure it out? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, and, and that's, and, and this conversation I think is part of it. Going to wrap things up with Chris after the break. First, this program is brought to you by Built Bar, makers of the best-tasting protein bar on the market. And they keep coming up with new flavors, new flavors that I've been trying and continue to be amazed by. I just had the birthday cake one. Literally like I'm eating a piece of birthday cake. How is this good for me? But it is. It's low-calorie. It's low-carbs. It's high-protein, high-fiber. It's going to be a very delicious way to supplement your diet to get that protein in your body if you're working out and you have a sweet tooth built bar is the absolute way to go if you don't want to go too crazy with the sweetness it's peanut butter is my favorite you can go with an orange one or banana nut bread not too sweet just right so different flavors all over the place here no sugar low low sugar um they just they do it just perfectly. But which one's the best? Well, that's why they're doing Built Bar Madness. And they're down to their flavorful four. They've put all of their flavors up against one another. And now Cookie Dough Chunk, Cookies and Cream, Mint Brownie, and Chocolate Brownie Chunk are the last four standing. This matchup, the first matchup, Cookie Dough Chunk and Cookies and Cream, followed by Mint Brownie versus Ch- Coconut Brownie Chunk. Lots of chunks of things in these, in these Built Bars which makes it even more amazing that they're as good as they are. Go to BuiltBar.com. If you don't believe me, check out the the nutrition facts on BuiltBar.com. They don't hide anything. You'll see it. It's there. If you want to try them, 
Use the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your next order. Get one of the assorted boxes. Try them out. Figure out which flavors are your favorite. And then buy, go back again, and buy that flavor. You can use that promo code LOCKED15 again. It'll work. It works every time. So do that and go to bar underscore built to let them know what your favorite one is. And check back at builtbar.com to see which bar ends up on top. Bet online is the fastest, easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. NBA, college basketball, still there. The tournament's just about wrapping up. Now's the time to really get in on that. NHL, baseball is coming back. Teams are breaking camp, so lots to bet on. They even cover award shows, TV shows, reality TV. They've got real-time updated odds and props on just about everything that you can think of. Head on over to betonline.ag. Use your mobile device if you want. Sign up today for free and get a 50% welcome bonus with the promo code Locked On. Locked On gets you 50%, whatever you deposit. 200 bucks, you'll get a $100 welcome bonus with the promo code Locked On. They've got you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets. It's free to sign up at BetOnline. Your online sportsbook experts. Please gamble responsibly. Make sure you're subscribed to Locked On Celtics wherever you get podcasts or follow us on Spotify. Get more analysis on the top prospects available in this year's NBA Draft with the Locked On NBA Draft podcast. They've got everything that you need to know, scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, full coverage of the tournament as it winds down. It's four days a week from credentialed draft experts. Follow Locked On NBA Draft on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And now let's wrap up the conversation with me and Chris Forsberg. We haven't seen, we keep talking about, we haven't seen these guys whole. We haven't seen these guys whole. And we're like close, so close to seeing them whole that we can start to now, like when I think about, hey, you know what? Tristan Thompson as a starter with that lineup that we said, Kemba, Jalen, Jason, Fournier. I, I kind of like that. I kind of like that. Yep. Smart and Time Lord coming off the bench. I kind of like that. Like that with Romeo with with Romeo, like if right. Romeo is anything like we saw last year. Right. Romeo coming in as a switch just strictly switchable defender who can attack a closeout if he has to and maybe hit a shot. Just be exactly who he was last year. And and maybe that kind of stuff snaps Robert, I mean sna- snaps Grant Williams back into a role that he's more comfortable with and snaps Shemi Ojale into a role when he's healthy, that he's not being asked to do too much. And he's, he's just a spot up shooter that comes in and defends when he needs to defend. Like all of a sudden you can talk yourself into, Hey man, get this, get this together for a few weeks even. And maybe there's an outside chance that it clicks at the right time, you know, and, and things, and things start to take off. And what does that get you? I mean, maybe it gets you a win or two in the in a playoff series. I mean, in like one or two series wins. Maybe it gets you to the conference finals. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe you still lose in the first round. I, I don't know because it's such a stupid and, and that, season. And that and that's where I'm at with this team is that we've seen it in small glimpses, and we sit here and we obsess about what they could be and. Again, it's it's not all on them. Like every time I look at those fan share numbers, the the guys that are tracking the COVID data, and I see they've now lost something like 117 
player days to COVID. And now we just got the injury report as we're taping this and still, I mean, Romeo's questionable and, and Thompson is out again. So that number is going to be up over 120. And then you look at a game like last night, the Pelicans come in, they've lost seven player days, you know, and so <laughs> right. I, I try to sit, I try to sit there and wrap my head around what the Celtics could be if they were healthy. But I don't know if I necessarily know if they're going to get there and if they're going to do it in enough time to really figure this thing out. And so every time I start to get optimistic about the way they're trending, there's a game like the one against the Pelicans where, you know, I, I try not to get too discouraged. They missed a lot of shots and the Pelicans hit a lot of shots. Sometimes that's all it boils down to. But, um, you know, I, I just keep wondering, are they going to run out of time before they figure out what this could be? And are we just looking at a situation where, you know, it just never comes together and the East is really good. And so, unfortunately, because of the unique circumstances, because of, you know, the, the, the cards this team has been dealt, we're left essentially crossing your fingers and hoping that we get a better idea of, of what this team can be. But there's no guarantee. And that's part of the frustration with, with this season and, and, and why they haven't been able to, to put consistency together. You know, I keep saying it. They could just as easily be last year's Miami Heat and get hot and make a playoff run. They could just as easily lose in a single game play in game. And so uh, it's just it's just wild that that's the point we're at with this team, because it shouldn't be that way. But some of that's on them and some of it isn't. Yeah, I I I do think the circumstances are a big part of it and no one wants to hear it. And everybody's dealing with the same thing. But. Only a few teams have been dealing with what the Celtics have been dealing with. And we can get into the whole, you know, how much it cost Kemba and how much it, how much it cost other other things. Like Romeo Langford would have been, you wouldn't have missed as much time and so on and so forth. And maybe you wouldn't have signed Jeff Teague and maybe you wouldn't have gone after Tristan Thompson and all of that stuff. The, so much can be different. But all we can say is we're here. And now the, I guess the question then becomes is, do do you wait? If you're Brad Stevens, do you continue to hold out hope and say, "Hey, if we get Tristan back soon, uh, we can we can do this, uh, you know, this lineup thing, and uh, maybe we can get hot"? Or do you just say, "You know what? I'm done with this. We're we're gonna we're really gonna go hard into Aaron Neesmith minutes, and let's just let's just work on developing him, and let's just limit." Like no more than thirty minutes for Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, and whatever happens, happens. But let's just use the last month to say, hey, let's develop these younger guys and and uh, look towards next season and see maybe we can get a better idea of what we have in these guys moving forward. Well, I, I think if you're going to go the latter route, you would have you wouldn't have signed you were traded for Evan Fournier, and so like I think you've committed yourself this year. I think if nothing else, so that the core guys on your, on your roster, and, and really it's just Jace, Jason and Jalen don't get discouraged that they put in so much effort and that you just sort of said, okay, we're, we're kind of starting to plan for the future. Even if they sort of probably know in their heart of hearts that everything is geared towards what comes next. Um, you know, you still, there's always a puncher's chance and you just, I do think you just at this point have to cross your fingers and, and see what happens. And again, it's a, it's a terrible spot to be in. Um, and, but that's just the reality of it. And so, you know, maybe you catch lightning in a bottle and the playoffs play out a whole lot differently than the regular season did. 
but that's essentially where they're at. Now, can you do that and still balance making Aaron Neesmith a consistent bench presence? You know, I think I think you can. I don't think you, you're you're not at a point yet health wise where you're you necessarily have to force that issue. You know, we heard Brad say on um, before Monday's game that you know even when he comes back, Romeo will be short first. Well, if Romeo is going to be short first coming back, you know, do we really expect Tristan to be playing a bunch of minutes? You could still start him. You know, Rob still plays a ton of minutes at, from there, and maybe you, you find. I, I hate to say it, but it's kind of like the Tice project, right? Where you you put Tice in there for the first eight minutes of each half and then figure out the rest from there. And whether that's just all Rob or some Fournette or it's, it, it's, I don't know. We, we never really expected to be in this spot, but here we are. Like ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that, that's the bottom line is, is just, is just, that's, that's unfortunately what it has come to for the Boston Celtics. Sad, but also potentially not sad because it, it literally, I, I, I know I skew positive. I, I really see the possibilities here. Like I said before, we mentioned some of these lineups. You can get down to seven players, your first seven players. That can be really good. And I, I have confidence that I don't know what, I don't know what's going on with Tristan Thompson. If he's just had a, a horrible case of COVID or, or what, um, but if he comes back and can contribute in some manner, like you said, even in limited minutes, you start him for five minutes, whatever, there, there's, there is something that can happen there. And look, Wagner, Cornette, not the worst kind of guys to fill in gaps, as we've seen. There's, there's potential there. Uh, I guess if I had any self-critique is that I, I, don't, I don't put as much stock in, all right, well, what, you see on the, what are you seeing on the floor right now? And how much is that going to carry forward? That's the stuff I I, I definitely skew toward, towards the potential of it more more than the reality of it because I don't think the reality is 100% real. Like when I look back on this season, do the postmortem on this season, I'm not going to use this season as well. This is a measuring stick of this person's career. Like I don't think mm-hmm. that anything negative, like Marcus Smart, for example. He's taking a step back, but I, I don't know that Marcus Smart's having a regression in his career. I think he's. I think I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Like, mm-hmm. what do you what do you think? That's fair. No, that that, that that's 100 percent fair. You know, even I've I've sat here and and when I'm trying to take the the 10,000 foot view on on this season, I say, okay, teams that have struggled or been or struggled with consistency during the regular season, how did they fare in the playoffs? But I don't even know if that's a fair judge of, of this year because this is there's so many extenuating circumstances and variables this year that no other season has had to deal with. So I don't know how to judge. Like, could a dark horse emerge in the NBA this season because of the uniqueness of it? And I think it's more likely than than any other year. So that's why you cling to that hope that they can, you know, and I don't have a horse in this race. I want to see them do well for no other fact that I have to watch all these games. But you know, like I, 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 I try to remain optimistic as well. It's just, you know, when I look at the data versus past season, that's when I become pessimistic. But, you know, I do remind myself that there's extenuating circumstances and that it's, you can't always just kind of judge this based on like how things have played out in past years. Um, I don't hold it against Marcus Smart. We've heard Marcus say that there's stuff off the court going on and maybe we'll, Maybe in the postmortem, we'll find out more about what that is. Is that just 
this weird COVID season and not being able to interact and have chemistry and, and be with the teammates as much as in past years? Is that something, you know, where guys are going through stuff? And, um, you know, it'll be fascinating when it all kind of comes out in the wash. But, uh, yeah, I, I, like, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know how else to say it. It's just it's, it's been a tough roller coaster to ride. I know it's frustrating for people to watch this. I know it's frustrating every time you look at the injury report and still see guys on there. And, you know, Brad Stevens himself has come out and said, I just kind of plan to not have everybody. And so, you know, 20 games is still an awful lot of time for stuff to, to, to change. And, 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 you know, anything could happen moving forward, but um, you do have to sort of, there's still balancing that, 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 that those two tracks of, developing younger players and trying to win games. And I, I don't know if there's a right answer about how you approach it other than um, you keep your fingers crossed and, and hope that Aaron Neesmith continues to develop in those small minutes. Well, I guess we'll see. This is a, such a weird season. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm almost looking forward to like a couple years from now, looking back in the season and, and figuring out what was real and what was not. Uh, Chris Forsberg, thank you very much for uh, hopping on the show. Thank you. If nothing else, I hope we get that Celtics Hornets matchup in the playoffs. I want a <laughs> Rozier, Hayward, Wanamaker on one side versus the whatever the core of this team is healthy. I I just need to see that. Just if nothing else this year, I hope we get that. I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know if it's a four or five matchup, uh, uh, seven eight matchup, whatever it has to be. Like that. That's all I'm left yearning for. That would be that would be amazing. Just for the petty Terry Rozier performances. <laughs> Want to make a revenge game? (laughs) All right. Well, I'm glad that we got to uh, this point. I think that it's a good conversation and it's worth having this discussion. It goes beyond who's better, who's worse. I think this year for the end of the season, we're, I, I just want, I would just want to maximize, maximize Robert Williams. How can they do that? Share your opinion. Tell me. You can go read my my justification if you want more on Boston Sports Journal. It's there. and uh, Or let me know on Twitter, Reds Army underscore John. Chris Forsberg on Twitter is at Chris Forsberg underscore. You get a little underscore at the end. So make sure you include that to talk to Forsberg. Thanks for listening. If you're a new listener, welcome aboard. Hope you are ready to subscribe and get this delivered to you daily, daily, Monday through Friday. If you're a regular listener, thank you so much. I hope that you can rate this thing five stars and give it a good written review. Really, really need that because that's what helps sell the advertising. And that's how I get paid. So that's all I ask of you. This podcast is free, but I don't work for free. And that's how I'm going to get my money. Thanks for listening. And thanks for sharing the podcast and telling your friends that they should be listening to the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Thank you for making Locked On Celtics the number one Boston Celtics podcast on the planet.